Welcome to the Beauties Podcast, where we talk about everything you need to know about women's sports. From the grassroots to the pros, we got it all. Today on the show, we talk about the LPGA's Hawaii Tournament and the NWSL's History Breaking Week. Here are your hosts, Addie and Cowie. Happy Easter, my friend. How are you doing today? I am, I'm doing well. You know, the bunny doesn't visit my house because we don't have any kids. So how was how was your Easter? The bunny hit up our house like nobody's business. Yeah, a little three-year-old tornado running around. It was, it was like Christmas morning and all of it was chocolate. Amazing. <laughs> all of it was chocolate, multiple floors. Uh, we, we had a really good morning. Awesome. Good. Yeah. I'm super happy to hear that. Yeah. Really good weekend. And before we get into it, I did have a request. I was coaching this weekend and the girls, they said they were going to listen to the podcast. So Pemna Valley Hawks, awesome job this weekend. Here's your shout out. There Unreal. Yeah. Thanks for being part of the, the beauties community, girls. Absolutely. We appreciate you. you crushed it this weekend. So yeah, really good weekend. Got some family time in. It was awesome. Good. Super happy to hear. Yeah. It's, um, you know, we had these quote unquote storm of the century that never became a thing. <laughs> became a storm. Yeah. So that kind of squashed some of my, I was going to make the trek home, which I know you ventured on the highways and I just chose not to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, stuck around the city and uh, had some nice Easter brunch this morning and yeah, it was good. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So if this is your first time to the show, a very warm welcome. And if you are returning, thank you so much for tuning in today. Yes, we appreciate all of you listening, whether you find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on YouTube, if you follow us on Instagram at Beauty Sports Talk, maybe you find us on TikTok. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for coming back. If you are returning, uh, another another day, another episode. Yeah. And what like, and I feel like I say this every single week, but like what a week, like I feel like it was kind of a drama week. Like there was so many, there was a bit of drama going on, obviously LPGA back in action with the Lotte championships, but there, I felt like the headlines and the stories of, you know, the challenge cup, everything that happened there with like the two games, 11 minutes and nine minutes and three goals. Like it was mm-hmm. nutty. Yep. The PWHPA declining the meeting with the PHF, like, Oh my God. And then (laughs) (laughs) the amount of, uh, yeah, so many things. And then there was, um, we talked a ton last week on the WNBA draft. Yes, we did. And that was an awesome, that was, that was so well done. It was, it was very well done. I think you hit it. It was, uh, in every way, shape and form professional. Yeah. There was some surprises, which is always exciting when it comes to a draft. No one wants to go in there and have the TSN's predictions be all the correct. Yeah, it can't be boring. Exactly. It can't be boring like that. You got to shake her up. Yeah, so we had a few a few surprises. Everyone looked top notch. They had outfits on outfits that were just, again, like, oh, of super, like, super good. We're talking custom. Like, oh, yeah. Like, the shoes were. Yeah. Like, I think Destiny Henderson made the shoes for the draft. Like, 
Yeah, and people were opening up jackets and had like things, you know, embroidered <laughs> in specific to them, custom, you know, pins and yeah, it was wild. crazy. But I did like because we always talk about our fashion sense. Yeah, like, what a hoodie! <laughs> what a hoodie are we rocking today, yeah, crew? Exactly. Um, this and this might be aging me a bit, but there was a lot of people there. That were wearing like the blazer with no shirt underneath. Wow, is that? That's confidence. That's the well, that is confidence. And that seems to be like a new every time that they panned off to like a different table, different family, it was like, which one of you has the blazer with no shirt underneath? <laughs> like, I, it was like, okay, this is now the the trend, thing. I guess. Thing, I guess so. It's not, getting... not going to be a thing for me ever. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's no. a Beers for Beauties episode. We'll end up like suits with no shirts on. Like, <laughs> what is happening here? But yeah, I was like, that? To get on stage... Mm-hmm. And on TV in mm-hmm. front of thousands of people, no shirt. I was just like, that's a new, that's a new fashion trend for, yeah, you don't see I, that up in Canada too much, I don't well, think. No, well, not where we live. Not, <laughs> not, not, not here. Not our neck of the woods. No, but I, you know, one thing that struck me just with the outfits in general and the style and class that existed during the WNBA draft was how I think um, the WNBA's culture it, it also invites that. Like they have this super inclusive own who you are style about them as a league that promotes these women to just be themselves in every way, shape or form. Like it was evident to watch on TV. Yeah, I could like... Even when you even when you saw it progress throughout the year of them like walking into their locker rooms with like just the sickest clothes on, it's yeah. they just have like such an amazing culture, culture yeah. and they just look sick. They do. They just look yeah, unreal. Agreed. So uh, one thing too that I laughed at every single time was all of the draftees coming over. Um, and meeting up with Holly Rowe there, yeah, who's who like four three feet foot. tall. <laughs> yeah, she looked very short. I when, don't think it helped that she was on the floor and they were still on the stage, and most of them are six footers in heels. Oh, so, Angsler came it, over, and yeah. I was. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was so funny. (laughs) But no surprise, Howard goes first. No, no shock. No surprise to anybody. No. Um, Smith goes to Indiana second. Yeah. Really no surprise to anybody. Austin goes to Mystics, which is pretty sick, Mm -hmm. which is great. Angsler to Indiana. And right around that fifth spot, like who, was there anybody that you would definitively say won the draft? I think you, we have to say that Indiana came out really well in the draft. Also, just by default of the fact that they had the most gaps to fill and they had the most picks in the first round. Yeah. So it's really hard to deny what they added to their roster. To me, Indiana, and even, um, you know, through into the second round, like they got Destiny Henderson in the second round. Yeah. Uh, adding her to the likes of Lexi Hall, who they took in the sixth spot. Yeah. Like they 
made out to me really, really well. I I would completely agree with that. And I wonder, because you had a lot of really good points on Henderson last week, just on her height mm-hmm. and how that would affect the draft and even her coming off the height of the championship game. Like it really does play effect into that. And I think they played their cards perfectly right with getting Lexi Hall. Yeah, I Picking agree. her sixth. It's super gritty. Right? Yeah. She's got tons of speed. Yeah. She has size that Henderson doesn't have as a guard. Yeah. Um, I th- Yeah, they and it, it was just a draft of bigs, too. Like, there, there is so much talent, and there's so, like, all of these women are, you know, anywhere from averages like 6'1 to 6'5. Yeah. And I, you can tell, too, that especially with Indiana, like, there is a push for this defensive grit, like taking Emily Engsler. Mm-hmm. To me, um, speaks volumes to that. And yeah. in really, you know, there's that old quote of offense wins games, defense wins championships. And I think they built or took picks that based on defensive ability. Lots of them have great offensive ability as well. Yeah. But it was a super defense driven draft for the Indiana Fever. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I was clearly fangirling on Destiny Henderson. <laughs> I was. Convinced. Uh, I was going to sleep at night knowing she was going to go top five and she did not end up there. I just, I think that where she ended up is exactly where she needed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's a perfect team for her because they, they need that swag on that team. Yeah. So I would agree with you in Indiana, essentially winning the draft, in mm-hmm. my opinion, the one that caught me and clearly the amount of scouting and, you know, just knowledge of the game with uh, Hollingshed going to Vegas in the first round. Yeah. That one to me was like, they've done their research. They know exactly what they want and they're going to get it in Hollingshed because she was on nobody's radar. No. Nobody's no. radar. And then I found the video online of... um the GM saying like, that's who we want or whatever. And then they go over like, Becky, you got your girl. Right. So they clearly had a very strong strategy in place to get her. And I think that that kind of shook everybody. I don't think anybody was expecting that. Well, and that's what I mean. I love those like shocker surprises. Yeah. Um, And I think that was one interesting uh, piece of that draft. How we talked about last week, they invited 12 women. Mm hmm to the draft and you know I think everyone's expectation was that that was their thoughts of people that were going to go in the first round and so maybe that's part of that as a COVID strategy of not having as many people and things like that but it makes you wonder what's going to happen in the future because that was the only unfortunate part was because you had you know lots of just holding the jersey up without the player. Right. Because they weren't in the list of 12 people yeah. that got to come to the draft. Because I also thought it was interesting that, you know, the the GMs weren't there. And then that could totally work into the COVID strategy because, like, nine times out of ten, the GM is going up and saying... And saying who they want, yeah. We, we select yeah. so-and-so. Yeah. And it was the commish the whole time, yeah. so... Yeah, it was. I mean, it, again, it was it was very well done, very professional. I it loved was fun it. Fun to watch, but that it is uh, just 
inherently different than what we've experienced in other drafts that we've seen. Yeah. Maybe, like we say, maybe that was COVID related. COVID strategy. I love how Coach Stately was there. Yeah. That was seeing seeing a couple of those iconic people still go to the draft was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And then obviously some Liberty players went because it was hosted in New York. I thought that was a really nice touch because then even, um, you know, you see who's going to be drafted to your team and then you get to meet them right away. I thought it was super cool. Yeah. And the, I, last week I had talked about that trophy and it was Don Staley picking up that trophy, not, oh, not fact check. yeah, it was the, it was called the WCBA coach of the year or, or coaches oh. award. And it's, they give it out every year, seemingly to the one like, uh, uh, Gino's won it. Whew lots yeah when i look back in the history of it right right <laughs> this big glass ball yeah, yeah. So i was like i feel like i it wasn't Aaliyah boston but i couldn't picture it last week so that's just correction of that was was dawn staley winning that award wow yeah she won she won everything this year she's a winner give it to coach staley yeah. <laughs> if there's anything yeah. just give it to her yeah um yeah so i think yeah super good event very well very well done and another event the lote championships that went on in hawaii yes the lpga starting to make kind of their southern california la rip in their in their schedule yep. and this was nice to see obviously everybody back um playing because they had a little bit of a break there yeah but in Hawaii, the wind was no ridiculous. Yep. It was no joke. Mm-hmm. There was one time they were, um, I think it was uh, Brianne Doe. You could see her shirt. It was just going nuts because of the wind. Yeah. And they all just sat there and waited it out. They're like, we cannot shoot in, this, in these weather conditions. Mm-hmm. And it was... <laughs> no give yeah. no give so Lydia Ko actually won it last year and she won it at 28 under uh Hyujun Kim won it this year mm-hmm. 11 under I and know. like fought for that yeah. 11 under yeah yeah and one by two strokes next mm-hmm. in line was nine under yeah um and you're right there because there were times it's funny you noticed the shirt like there were times off the tee box that's where I you could really see it and it's yeah, shirts and skirts and all sorts of things yeah. that were were just flying around because yeah, the wind was relentless. Kim, like her pants at one point were just like into her legs. It was insane, and so they talked about a lot. The commentators, the t- the pretty much the entire time, were talking about like the wind the conditions, yeah, and hole locations. And mm-hmm. so when I started looking at the hole locations, and then they were, you know, talking about okay, well she's you know, five feet off into the rough, in the rough. Mm -hmm. And then they panned away and it's like literally a direct, like from the hole right into the water, like no give on the far side of the hole on the green. And so I'm like, not only are they battling like against ridiculous winds, Mm -hmm. they were completely gutless with the whole locations <laughs> this year. I was like, this is insane because even in the first round we saw, um, Danielle Kang and Brooke Henderson, right. um, Danielle Kang out with a shoulder injury and then Brooke Henderson, an unspecified illness. Yeah. We chatted about, right. Yep. So both of them were done mm-hmm. and you know, they had tough first rounds, Yeah, but you kind of wonder like, who would want to play in that? Who, who, yeah, like it me. was, ho- it was, 
It was really intense I'm a, conditions. I'm a fair weather golfer. Yeah. <laughs> My game is challenging enough. I don't need that wind, yeah. rain, none of it. No. How many times is the bevy cart coming yeah, around? Exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm only allowed to buy two? How uh, fast can you make your 18 hole loop? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you only working the nine? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was, it was in the final round. I watched like all day. Mm-hmm. It was maybe one of the most entertaining rounds I've ever seen because Kim kind of kept jumping from 12 under to 10. Yep. And then Shibono, who was right behind her, mm-hmm. was nine to seven. Mm-hmm. So at one point, they were only one stroke apart. Yep. And so they just kept on kind of jumping in and out of one another. Um, so it was literally down to, I'd say, the like the 17th and the 18th hole where you're like, okay, Kim is going to win this yeah. one, right? Yeah. But it was back and forth the entire final round. It was... V- it was, she is so good. Oh yeah. No. And they make it look so effortless and they had, um, kind of a close up with her and her caddy. Yeah. And I was thinking about this because like, that's their work. Like, oh, yeah. right. You know yeah. what I mean? If I get mad at work, I just like walk away. Yeah. Can't do that. There. Can't do that. <laughs> golfing. You kind of, you have to walk the whole thing with them. You yep. have to talk. So that relationship between player and caddy are just, it, Super important. It's super important, incredibly unique, Mm -hmm. because you essentially have to be able to have very good, positive conversations, like, and either agree or disagree, and then legit move on. Like, you can't, Mm -hmm. you can't hold anything on, because you can't be mad the whole course. So they were going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of trust would be would be wild. My dad has, has had an experience where he got to go and golf uh, Pebble Beach and had a really cool caddy interaction. And that's, that was one of the things that he had as his like kind of takeaway. Yeah. Was it's also a really unique job as a caddy to know that that's your role, that to offer your advice, you've gone and, you know, scouted this course and you know lengths and you, you understand the player that you're caddying for, but that is also your role. Yeah. Is to give your thoughts and then ultimately shut up. Yeah. And it, because they were coming up to, and it was a really tough hole. They were, they, she had to go over um, a bunker and land on the green, but the green had a really deep slope on the back end of it. Mm-hmm. And he, and he knew. He knew, okay, well, if you lay up here, then you're going to have more forgiveness. And they, and they pretty much showed the entire conversation on TV. I was like, that is very impressive Mm -hmm. how they can have really good conversations like that. And so she picked her club. They had the conversation about it. She went and lined up at the ball. And then she was like, you're right. Went back, picked the club that he suggested and then went back. So I was like, yeah, Yeah, it's super cool. It is unique in sports. It, it is, is a very, very unique, unique interaction that that exists in golf. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, did you see the cell, like the uh, hula dancing? <laughs> I know she was super embarrassed. So the winner uh, of of this tournament has to. I don't know if they have to per se, but they essentially bring. Yeah, they bring these hula dancers out, and the winner is you know positioned between two hula dancers. Yeah, and they. <laughs> You know, do their hula thing. And she was like covering her mouth all shy. And oh, that would be so. You'd rock it. You can dance. Me? 
Get like, up there. Everyone let me show you my two left feet. Cool, cool. Yeah, it uh, it is. It's a, it's a weird tradition. That is it's a super weird tradition, and I like part of my soul then says it's a very gendered position. Or uh, you know, yeah. Do they? Thing. M- yeah. Do like, they make? Do they make the men do that when they win? Yeah. Um, regardless, I I laughed. It was on Instagram, and I had a good chuckle at it. Yeah, they they showed Lydia Cole getting after it last year too, just trying to. She's like, wait a second, like trying to actually learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, super. Like I guess it's tradition. Instead of jumping in the in the lake they they hula dance there so so. they're off to la next week there was a a, also one interesting story so brand doe who was ranked over 500 like really far off Mm -hmm. made the cut for this um tournament Mm -hmm. and then just started crushing it ends up in the final round Mm -hmm. with kim and golfs the whole round, had a really rough final round, but they interviewed her saying like, you're ranked 500th mm-hmm. in the, on the LPGA right now. How do you feel about being here? And she's like, I can't think about it anymore than step by step by step. She's like, I made it here mm-hmm. to the final round, which I never thought I was going to do. Now my whole thing is about LA, playing in LA. And she's like, I just want to play more consistent on the tour. So I was like 32 years old, literally ranked 500th mm-hmm. and is like, I'm going for it. I'm yeah, going all in. So she made it to the final round, played really good golf for the first three. Her fourth round was not very good. I was just fighting the ball all over the course, but has now earned her spot into LA mm-hmm. and now has the opportunity to do it again. So yeah. I was like, Hey, that's cool. a good, that's a feel good yeah, story. Yeah, I was going to say, good news story. I like that. That's yeah. a feel good story because as we move on to the Challenge Cup, this was a wild week, not just even in the whole grand scheme of the games and how the standings have moved. Well, we have a new number one, yeah. but two, two history making three go- fastest three goals in pretty much back-to-back games? Yes. Like, and that is unheard of. Yeah. So I tuned in on, I think that would have been Thursday, regardless, whatever day, the uh, Oil Rain San Diego Wave game on Twitch. And I was there for the start of the game. And it was, I almost texted you and said, like, what am I watching? What's happening? <laughs> what is happening here? So it, that was the first record to be set this week mm-hmm. in three goals in 11 minutes. Goaltending was uh, borderline horrendous. Yeah, and I, I don't. I'm not a goalie expert. I'm not a soccer expert. But I, uh, she, yeah, Carly Telford was. I, I don't know, snoozing for the first 11 minutes of that game. Some weird bounces and things. Like the the first goal was a corner. There was a you know big pile of women in front of the net off of two people's faces. Yeah, and then eventually finds the back of the net. Yeah. It, it was a... And then you think that's something that's probably going to stand. Three goals in 11 minutes. And then we've got two days later, three goals in nine minutes. You, you can't make it up. It's just insane. Mm-hmm. It's just insane because even going back to the rain San Diego game, mm-hmm. Telford, the commentator... <laughs> Ripped her. <laughs> was Literally. letting her thoughts be known. Yep. But he, like even... 
even the plays trying to play the ball upfield, like even trying to get the ball up like to anybody, she just was like sloppy. Like yeah. there were just sloppy kicks that turned around. They didn't get possession of it and ended up in the back of their net mm-hmm. like three times in a row. Mm-hmm. And her positioning on the goal line, it like that one we watched at the very beginning, it didn't even look like she made an attempt to try to get across. No. Like it was very it was strange. It was, it was strange. That's a that's a perfect word because yeah. it was what was ha- you what was happening? Like what was yeah. happening? And, and I can't imagine weird. being, yeah, I can't imagine being one of those San Diego players because if at the very beginning of the game, um, San Diego had actually some opportunities and then, yeah, what seemingly was a pretty innocent play with a corner, which is always an opportunity to score. Let's not like wash that. For yeah. 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 Uh, and like how defeating that would be totally. because then you watch two days later and this, uh, you know, this three goals and, nine minutes and it was an entirely different story Yeah, where uh, Orlando's defense was just, yeah, North Carolina had all day um, and balls that, I don't know, I, their defenders. And again, the commentators made comments about the defenders not really doing their job. Wasn't on the goalie. They were uh, to me, far more skillful goals that they scored yeah. in that nine minute span. But odd, bre- odd records, odd, odd records. Very, you think about how, like, and we talked last week mm-hmm. talking about the, how many ties there are and, and things like that. Like we got our wish, yeah, like lots of, goals. lots of goals are being had here, but you're right. Both of the, like the 11 minute ones was a lot of goaltending errors mm-hmm. where it feels like the nine minute one was just like Defense. a team was completely sleeping yeah. and the offense showed up and yeah. they just took advantage of an opportunity and mm-hmm. like, why not? Right. Yeah. So very, very interesting chain of events that went down there and something honestly in soccer, I've never heard before. I've never heard of three goals being scored. Well, this in, in, yeah, and that's like, what, like I was saying to even, you, some of the stats, like 10 shots on goal. Like in an entire game, 10 an shots entire on goal. Game, that's and we've got three goals in nine minutes. Right. So it, like, statistically just, speaking, <laughs> it, it doesn't, it seems, yeah, very. It's not, even, it's not even nine minutes. It's the first. The first nine minutes. Nine minutes. Yeah. Anyways, crazy. Soccer is exciting. Uh, the Challenge <laughs> Cup. <laughs> the Challenge Cup. Yeah, it, we are starting to definitely see um, the strong teams and the weak teams. Yeah, like OL Rain took the top spot now mm-hmm. in the West Division with thirteen points, uh, four wins and one loss. So, and you know Portland. At 10 points, you know, North Carolina is still really impressing me. Like yeah. we we talked about how they've made a huge change to their roster this year. 11 points against the defending champions, Washington Spirit. Like they're they're just crushing it right mm-hmm. now. They're doing great. But yeah, mm-hmm. OL Reign takes top spot in Kansas City. Central is 10 spots or 10 points. So it's... It's moving around. It mm-hmm. is getting... And we don't have much left, right? Mm-hmm. We basically have next weekend and then um, moving into that first weekend of May to close out the Challenge Cup. Right. And then we're right into season. Yeah. So not that much left to go. You're right. Time flies. That does seem quite quick. 
does, Whoa. does seem quite quick. Yeah, because the reach the semifinals on May 4th. Finals will be played on May 7th. Yeah. What? Yeah. Fast approaching. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's amazing for, you know, the rain and courage to pull off very cool things like that. Everyone's going to be looking to break that record. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you go into a game thinking like, oh, let's score the, f- like, let's get after it. Let's, let's get do after it. after that record. Yeah. I don't know. Probably not. Probably. In soccer, like, and yeah, you just said, because we've we've been talking so much about stats and and like soccer, it seems to be one of those games that's more played on like the the positional one touch movement of the ball to Mm -hmm. create, you know, seams throughout the middle and all these different things. And then all of a sudden now you you hear three goals in the first nine minutes. Like, yeah, yeah, it just seems... Crazy. Crazy. But you want to know something else crazy? I would love to. Come on. P-W-H-P-A. Yeah. Professional Women's Hockey Player Association Mm -hmm. declines meeting with the PHF about Mm -hmm. a collaborative league for women's Mm -hmm. hockey. And so it's almost like where do you want to start with this because there has been there has been news that has been released about kind of why they declined that meeting mm-hmm. but then it almost leaves more questions than yeah answers. It, to me it's the same questions that we've always always had i'm not shocked the, my my first comment is, is that i'm not shocked that the pwhpa made that decision mm-hmm. we've talked about it in past episodes where i really feel like um i think i said it that they had their list they yeah we've got to understand that the players in the PWHPA created the PWHPA when the CWHL folded on them by shock, mm-hmm. which screwed them out of a league, essentially. And so uh, that was their way of controlling the narrative. And I, I am not shocked that they are not going to um, engage with the PHF because the PHF was formerly, before they rebranded, the NWHL. They all had a choice to go to the NWHL. They all had that choice uh, when the CWHL folded. And they chose not to because um, there's some things within the PHF that a lot of questions have been brought up around, right, in terms of ownership and their engagement with things overseas, um, just in general, the structure. And and I think the, the players of the PWHPA are doing this for... I've said it before. It's not even about them. Mm-hmm. It's about I'm not going to cave to anyone else unless this entire list is met. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we need to do it right finally. Yeah. Because we've had versions of professional women's hockey leagues that haven't succeeded. So why would I leave and join one that is the same ish structure of the ones that didn't succeed? I'm yeah. not shocked. I'm not I'm shocked. A, yeah. No, I I think I was I was shocked a little bit in the sense of when they released that statement from Gary Bettman, you kind of felt like something was going on behind the scenes that they had kind of dueled it out a little bit and this was kind of like Yeah. We've they've they've dealt with their shit so now we can talk. Yeah. And that's clearly not the case. Mm-mm. So that's that's where I came from. And I'm like, what? Well, clearly my 
my thoughts were, were off a little bit mm-hmm. in the beginning because now it's been released yep. that um, the PWHPA has details on a new league starting um, Jan- January 2023 to 20. April. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw that on Hockey Night Canada from Jeff Merrick. Um, and then it was also shared on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so um, six team league in Canada and the US, a very short season from January to April of 2023, which again, that is an odd time. Yeah. From a hockey perspective, we're used to season starting in October. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's strange. Um, they did have some details, uh, $35,000 minimum salary, average salary of 55 K. Uh, there are benefits in there, the 32 game schedule, uh, which in all aspects of my thought process processes is encouraging. I'll be interested to see what more details there are. You know, $35,000 is a starting point for me. Right. <laughs> I still think there's there's definitely room. But when you put it in perspective of a four-month season... That's exactly what I was just going to say. It's And that's a minimum. So you think the, the women that are currently playing in there that I would assume they would be gauging from the Olympics, mm-hmm. like all the Olympians would probably be making 55K in four months. Yeah, or more. Or more, right? As an average, right? So that's getting better. better. That's getting better. And then with the expectation of a new name for the league. Yeah, because it can't be the Players Association is, I think the PWHPA should always remain in some way, just I, like the NHLPA. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But that should need, be their. Yes, that's their player voice mm-hmm. um, where they can advocate for themselves. Um, but they they need obviously a, a name, which I am so interested to see what that name is. <laughs> I I could not agree with you like, more. What? Like, is what is be? happening? So there'll be twenty three skaters per team as well. So mm-hmm. we're looking at six full rosters, which the PWHPA as of right now has five teams. Yeah. So, and the addition of one more team and these would be like established teams. Like sometimes there was a little bit of movement within the PWHPA within rosters. This would then be teams, an actual team team that would train and practice practice and everything together. So it would be definitely a different format. Um, So yeah, exciting very interested in the time. You're right. I think I said January 23rd before, but I don't. <laughs> Sometimes I just meant. smash things together <laughs> yeah. and just roll yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what's uh, what comes of this. Yeah. Are the team names changing? Like, you'd think, like, all mm-hmm. the logos would be different. All Everything would be different. So it'll be interesting to see. Because it's also fascinating to me that it's like something like this gets launched and then it's like the PHF just is full throttle. Mm -hmm. We've seen some things in the PHF with Digit Murphy leaving and push. Yeah, there's some drama. The PHF has got some stuff going on there. There's no question. Digit Murphy... um, for the people wondering that Kyle was just talking about has left the Toronto six and is now with the New York Riveters. Mm-hmm. Metropolitan Riveters. Yeah. yeah. 
And, uh, and she's got some, she's got her own things. Yeah. Some, some players came out with some very negative things to say about Digit and her time there and her time coaching. And it's very interesting because as soon as she went to the Riveters, they cleaned house and everybody quit. Yep. Which so speaks volumes. That's you, you can't say much more Mm-mm. than that. Mm-hmm. When you walk into a room, everybody leaves. Yeah, that's a that's a yucky. That's not good. That's not good. And no. for a team that has been essentially what I would consider probably the OG yep. of the league, like it's got um, Madison Packer, yeah. Anya Packer, the GM has also not re-signed her contract mm-hmm. for next year. Um, you know, they're so... There's so much movement and it's so all kind of all over the map. And it'd be interesting to see the release of the new PWHPA of their coaching staffs and of their like it's going to be this entire new launch of this huge thing. Mm -hmm. And if it sticks, uh, like well, I think, too, that we have to recognize like we I think a lot of people have tiptoed around it. We've tiptoed around it. The best female hockey players in the world are in the PWHPA. Yeah. And so by nature, we have to assume that that is going to be the professional league. Yeah. And, you know, what does that mean? We can, we could have a a lengthy conversation around what the evolution of the PHF looks like in terms of, we, we still need more infrastructure to support a professional league. Mm-hmm. Because right now, when you're a female hockey player, you play high school, you typically find a post-secondary and, and play for four or five years. And then what? Right. And right now, there's, the, you know, lots of people will go overseas. And I'm speaking to Canadian and U.S. hockey players right now. Lots of people will, you know, pursue something overseas. Um, some right now would head towards the PHF. Right. But we need, if you look at the way that the men's game has been structured, there is all the opportunities. Yeah. There are leagues on leagues on leagues on leagues for a male athlete to graduate from high school and play years of junior and then go to university and then go into a semi-pro league or a pro league and eventually find a pathway if that's what's in the cards. Yep. For this to be sustainable, we need, we need more chinks in the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think that that's been thought about and talked about it, it would have had to have been because obviously to, to start off what is going to be the junior league of what this pro league is going to be, is going to be university. Mm -hmm. That's just the way the path is set up right now Mm -hmm. is play on your team, get scouted to university, then you get drafted Mm -hmm. to pro. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of like the WNBA. Yeah. Yes. It's exactly like the same. It is very very much. And so now we have that where, you know, some, some guys are playing in the dub before they, when they are still in high school. So they're, they're, Mm -hmm. you know, like there definitely is a lot more different things, but the, the cool part about it would be is like getting to the point where, okay, you're in university, then you're going to get drafted just like you would yes. um, to pro 
But then if you don't go to pro having, if you don't get drafted, having these kind of like, I don't know if they would be overseas, but affiliate teams that you can, you know, because there, there's enough out there to be like, this could become your affiliate league. Okay. If you don't get drafted to one of these six teams in the first year or whatever, you can go overseas to Sweden, play for a year, put your name in again. Yeah. Right. And so that's maybe how it grows in, in the leagues that you're talking about. Cause I agree. It can't yeah. just be you get drafted or you don't and we'll see you later. Yeah. It can't exactly. be because of the women that didn't get drafted in the WNBA, they're all going overseas. All, and, every single one of them. Yeah. And then we see them like AU is another really good example of people yeah. who weren't in the WNBA yeah. who had great seasons in AU athletes unlimited and are now getting an opportunity at a WNBA career. Totally agree. And so it'll be very interesting to me to see what the PHF does or how they react. If they just continue to forge ahead or if they take a hard look in the mirror, Mm -hmm. because right now, again, back to my, the best players in the world live in the PWHPA is that you're set up to be, if it's done properly to be a feeder affiliate league of the quote-unquote professional women's oh, league. very interesting. Yep. But you got to swallow your pride. But that's... <laughs> and, and I'm not sure that from what we've seen that anyone is currently within that um, organization is, that. is willing to do that. I agree. I agree. There's, there's, There's been too much straight-up head battle between the two that mm-hmm. that would be a really... That would be a huge, it would be a step in the right direction for sure. But, um, cause there are, there are players in that in the PHF today that can compete with the players in the PWHPA. Oh, absolutely. There's also players who can't. Absolutely. Yeah. And so having that become us again, a sustainable, uh, step between your NCAA or your U sports career. Yeah. And this new professional league yet to be named makes sense to me, but I'm not making any decisions. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just sitting in my basement talking into a microphone. That's so so true. And I, oh, I'm with you. I cannot wait to, because the name has to, like, I don't know if they've got, they got it picked already or, you know, I wonder what the name's going to be. And they did have that conversation about the talks of associating with, um, you know, NHL teams, Mm -hmm. like I wonder their play if they are. So say if we're talking about Calgary flames, like I wonder if the Calgary flames, cause they've been a huge advocate for their women's team, even when the Inferno were there, Mm -hmm. like, are they going to have the same color colors as the, are they gonna? So that's where it's like, this is exciting news. It's big news, but it leaves so many questions that need to be answered because Mm -hmm. It's essentially just going to be this huge unveiling, un- reveal oh, I of hope this. They do it big. I the, hope, I hope they, they do, do it big. big. Yeah, me too. And it's, I think that's probably the reason of the January time frame is like, let's be honest, it's April, and so right May, June, July, August, September. If mm-hmm. you were going to start in October, you you don't get till September to figure your shit out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, you know, is that the reason that we're just looking at a January through April league? I'll also be interested to see the barns they pick because I think that's part of the strategy 
is you, we know that there's effort that needs to continue to happen to grow the audience. And so putting them in a barn that allows it to fill. Oh, versus a humongo stadium that is going to have, it's going to feel like crickets in there. So strategically, I'll be interested to see what barns they pick. It's got to be professional. They have to be, it can't be a, mm -hmm. a small town rink with, you know, where you're passing by. Like it, it has to have this professional flair to it. Yep. Um, but it needs to be sized properly to allow them to pack the barn. Great point. Because they've seen, even when you look at like junior teams or, mm -hmm. you know, that was one of the things when I played hockey in Warner, it was a small town. Yep. We had a wicked arena mm -hmm. because every single person in town, it was game day. Yes. It was game day. We couldn't, you couldn't find a seat. Yep. It was awesome to play in. So mm -hmm. you're bang on. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I'm so interested to see as this progresses. I mean, it's a good news story that there's going to be a league and, and just for the efforts of the women in the PWHPA to start to pay off. Oh, like, man, I hope they celebrated. Oh, totally. <laughs> uh, I assume they did. So here's uh, one thing that I really hope, and I don't know if it is or not, but that there's somebody in the world documenting this, like, mm -hmm. because to see the behind the scenes of what these women have been putting the effort in over the, the Jaina Hefford, that whole list of women that are on the PWHPA board, board yeah. have been grinding mm -hmm. and the ups and the downs and the battles and the conversations like the, the building of the league would be such a cool kind of like docu-series on Netflix of yeah. just like this. We built this whole thing. Yep. from scratch mm -hmm. that would be super cool i agree i agree and i think that you, they had um there's just i also love the inherent support that they've had from people like there's a lot of people who've done things pro bono mm -hmm. right and i hope that there's in some way if they get to tell that story i hope we get to see all of that too yeah oh yeah because i think that's such a huge piece of it you know like the, the law firm that they have is is doing it because it's the right thing to do not because they're making money off of it. Wow. Today. And so those good news stories also need to be part of of the story that is whatever this new the league whole, is going to yeah, be. Yeah, the whole thing. I yeah. agree. Like the behind the scenes like it's, warriors it's like that, that have golf, been that founders um golf movie. What you see that was? um yeah, the founders. Yeah. Spork was at the thing. The tournament. I didn't. Oh, what a beauty. She was all, yeah, she was there. They all got inducted into the Hall of Fame, I'm pretty sure, this year. Okay, cool. We're going to have to fact check that 100%, but I'm pretty sure I saw that. Next week. I'll yeah, I'll fact check myself. For the, la everybody. the last thing I do want to touch on is I watched squash. I love that you did that. I, okay, so for those of you who are not squash fans or have never watched squash, um, I'm in the same boat, <laughs> not a huge squash follower, but I follow, uh, the PSA professional squash association world tour on Instagram and then squash Canada and squash Canada hosted the Canadian open in Calgary this past week. And insane to me that they, uh, so they basically bring the court 
it's this glass court and they bring it there. It was at Bull Valley Square, which is in downtown Calgary. Um, it's a high rise office building and they build a court in the middle of this building and they have great coverage. Like I could, it was the accessibility of it. I could watch it either on CBC gem or they have a YouTube stream. Super easy to watch. Mm -hmm. It was the first time that they had hosted the Canadian open in like 30 years. It was wildly successful. There were four Canadians, no three Canadians in the semis um, one Canadian ended up playing an American. So the, this Holly Naughton, she's ranked 17th in the world, <laughs> faced off against a, an American player and this Olivia Fichter, who's 11th in the world. It was the, okay, the athleticism involved <laughs> in squash made me sweat from my couch. Oh, I was just going to say the last time I think I, I played squash, I'm pretty sure I blacked out. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And they were talking about because Calgary, like the elevation in Calgary oh. makes it even more challenging. So my my note to everyone listening is that follow those two accounts, Squash Canada and the PSA World Tour, because we have a 17th ranked in the world Canadian and she's got counterpart. So the other two were Nicole Bunyan and Danielle Letourneau or Letourneau or something uh, was her name. We've got incredible talent in this country that no one talks about. We're talking squash, baby. So I'm going to continue to follow. I loved yeah. it. They have now created a fan in me. Yeah. In professional squash. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was so fun to watch. That's cool. I'm definitely going to look into that because I need to see this court that they built, this they, glass court that they built. Yeah, that they sounds unreal. YouTube, like a uh, time lapse and you can see it go up. Like there's escalators on both sides in this office building. And they build a glass court in the middle of... It was so cool. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Watching my random it. thought for the day. <laughs> yeah. We should Squash. add that. We should add a random thought. Yeah. Random yeah. sport. <laughs> that might, might get ugly fast yeah. for me. <laughs> Kelly's fun facts. <laughs> that's right. A little yeah. button. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that was uh, tons of awesome stuff. We've got a, some fun interviews lined up coming mm -hmm. up the pipe here. So, um, yeah, th what a good week. What a Super good, week. good week. Happy Easter to everybody. Yeah, for sure. And once again, if you could take a second to like, follow, subscribe, that would mean a lot. Merch is up. We've been getting tons of hits. So thank you guys so much for, for looking into that. That's great. So thank you very much. And mm -hmm. Cowie, final words. Final words. Another week of incredible women's sports. Um, and I think lots of interesting things happening. The momentum, we continue to say it, is very evident. So we're excited to cover it. We're excited to have you folks back, uh, letting Addie and I chirp into your ears for an hour every week. Uh, so, yeah, if this is your first time, thank you for coming. If this is your 22nd episode, we appreciate you. Don't forget to leave a rate and review on the podcast. Five stars only. <laughs> and, buddy, another week. I appreciate you. We'll see you soon. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you all next week.